I'm Les Miles, and this is Less is More. week in college football it's uh this is going to be a fun uh podcast to, to be a part of i got hammered in my selections picking with my heart not necessarily my instincts so i'm coming back wangs i am going to drop you i am going to like a like a heavyweight champion with an overhand right i'm going to drop you in the numbers of picks that uh I have correct as opposed to you. And and Smacker Miles, so nice to see you this morning. Beautiful smile. Looks a lot like her mother. Um, and uh, and Wangs, I suspect you have you have kind of put the week behind you and it's time to go forward. What do you think? Yeah, it was uh, we had our bye week up here in Michigan uh, this week, so it was a uh, a good weekend to catch up and watch a little football and uh Think about uh, the Penn State Nittany Lions coming into town next Saturday. Ooh, that's going to be a Michigan uh, highlight there. So, and I, and well, you know, Penn State is not necessarily feeling, you know, tremendously capable, um, you know, put to the test uh, this last weekend. Uh, Trace McSorley got uh, got uh, hammered, and 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 they take him out for a series or two. So uh, it'll be a, an interesting uh, contest. And they're coming to town, right? Yeah, let's, yep. <clears throat> Three, 3.30 start there at Ann Arbor at the big house. Well, let's talk about this week. Smacker Miles, I, uh, the things that I saw, and, and we, had, we had five TVs going, uh, John. We had one out by the pool, one in the bedroom, um, one, not five, four, um, and one in the living room. And uh, it was... Uh, it- running from room to room and big play over here. Hey, Smack, what are you doing? Oh, geez, Dad, you're missing it. Get over here. And we had more fun than you can imagine. So, uh, um, but now things that you saw this weekend that you thought were specifically pointed and, and something that you want to share, John, you want to, you want to lead us off? Well, you know, we had a couple key topics we wanted to talk about, you know, Kentucky coming back, with a 81-yard drive to, to beat uh, Mizzou uh, in the last uh, 84 seconds, as time expired, was a, was a huge, uh, a huge deal this weekend. Uh, that that was tremendous comeback for Kentucky, and and you know they are, are definitely a factor in that uh, SEC East. Les, uh, what do you think about that? They play uh, Georgia for the championship coming up. I mean, how about that one? I mean the. The Mark Stoops coached, well-coached Kentucky team was a defensive team, and that quarterback was a running quarterback. And they get to the last play of the game, and they throw a, a uh, what basically is a fade out, and the out right underneath the fade. And he turns and he fires that ball. Well, what a, what, it would certainly be a – a confidence boost to that quarterback, to that program, and they're going to look forward to playing Georgia, really, for the East. Now, how about that one, right? Georgia beats 
because they've already beaten Florida. If they beat Kentucky, then that's that's going to be the that's the writing on the wall. That's that who goes. But I I want you to know something. They won't get by Kentucky unscathed. That will be a great contest. What do you think, Smack? What was your what was your take on the weekend? My favorite part of the weekend was definitely after the my weekend of football games was over. I had a tough day. A and M got beat. North Carolina mm. got beat, and Texas got beat. So to clarify. My favorite part was after the day was over when Maria was interviewing Coach, Gun- Coach Gundy because obviously she was wonderful. He was wonderful to her. In the postgame interview, he was like, Maria, you, you are an athlete. You know. And Gavin Gundy was in the back of that interview. So it was just a fun one to watch where like all our worlds were colliding. And I was just proud of Maria, proud of Oklahoma State. Happy to see family in the background of that interview to have Gavin and Gage Gundy right there yeah. for Coach Mike. I haven't seen Gage. Gage is such a cute kid. And Gavin looks just like he looked when he was, you know, I mean, you could just tell that he was growing that way. Um, it is, uh, it, it's fun to see family in the backdrop of a college football game and, and seeing how that family has grown and grown together. What was your favorite part of the weekend, Dad? North Carolina, I wanted to beat Virginia without question. That's who I was rooting for. My son holes. He played in that game. But this um, Brock Mendenhall came in and taught this team from Virginia team. And he talked about what was what they play for. And what they play for is family. And team is a part of family. And how he described what was a trust and a a team concept, a team identity that the, that the guys that played for Virginia have accepted, and Brockman and Hall doesn't have to teach that anymore. And so that means he doesn't have to teach great effort and energy, and he doesn't have to uh, teach playing for the team, and he doesn't have to teach in tight situations you have to play your best because you're playing for the team. And I want you to know I was I was I watched. Uh, Virginia play, and they play. They had a nice quarterback, John, uh, big, tall, um, running Jesse, but he could throw it. And they played defense like I haven't seen the Virginia team play defense in quite some time. And so hats off to really a great Virginia team. And then now on the other side of that, Florida State did not play worth a damn. There's no discipline there. Guys were uh, being ejected for fighting. Guys being ejected for targeting. Um, not a not a cohesive feel about team. And uh, I and they got blown out. Obviously, they played a, a much better team. Uh, that Clemson team is is a dynamic team, but they're not that good. Florida State was that bad. It was. It's not how you should represent a team. It's not how you should go to the field. It's all the things that that depict opposite Virginia, opposite Brockman and Hall's identity of team and how he taught his players to think. Whereas Willie Taggart, and I'm I'm for Willie. I want Willie to do well. I want Florida State to do well. Why? Because Florida State needs to be great for college football every Saturday. It's like Notre Dame. It's like Florida. The Florida-Florida State game is a huge game. It's nothing right now. Florida comes into town with a disciplined club and beats the tar out of Florida State. Should they not change their course? So 
I uh, Well, what you're identifying there is how much a coach affects the morale of the team because both of those situations are much bigger than X's and O's. That's the morale of the team, the way the coach has been able to rally or not rally his troops. Yeah, but I want you to know something. I'm, I'm taking the coach identity out of it. I'm taking the guy who teaches team. It could be a group of players that say, hey, listen, you know our culture. This is what we do. We play hard. We're an ass-kicking, tough group of men, and we are going at you. You know what? If That wasn't there either. So it's a – I know one thing. Brock Hall accomplished much more at Virginia in teaching team. And what was taught at um, Florida State was not conceptually – identified they didn't quite get it okay because when a guy bursts late in the game and he's gonna go for the end zone and you have the angle on him and you run four 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 five four five you're gonna pull him down at the 10 except that you have accepted uh, defeat and you don't want to get tired and you let that guy run and when that happens, oh, my goodness. How do you correct that mistake if you're Willie Taggart? If you're anybody, you talk about team. You don't talk about what you expect. You take your big chest and get your big chest on I, the hell out of here. Okay? You are a part of them. And what they do on Saturday reflects the coaching staff, the assistant coaches, the head coach, everybody in that room, that team thing. And you better get it re-geared and headed down the right path, or it's going to be a long season for that for whoever for whatever team doesn't understand. It's why football. It's why John Wangler and Les Miles are friends for life because I watched John Wangler give away a knee to a North Carolina team in his. Was that your last game played? No, you had to see a whole season after that, right, John? Yeah, that was my senior year. Yeah, yeah but and, and but I watched you come back and fight like hell and then go to a Rose Bowl. I mean, I want you to know, you did that for Bo Schembechler, for your buddies, for Becker, for your boys, and you know what? You did it for team. And no one had to identify who we were in regards to team. We, as a group of men stood squarely on the team principle, period. It didn't mean, you, hey, if you want to win an argument, just bring team into it. And if you want to lose, you stay an opposite team, everybody's going to recognize it, and they're going to say, you're in the wrong spot. You need to get your butt over here with us and do the things that we expect to be done because this is the team that we chose to play for. I'm wearing these colors. It's Virginia. It's Michigan. It's Florida State. It's I love the guys I'm taking the field with right now. I'm in. And that, to me, was very evident with Brockman and Hall. It's very evident with Kentucky. It's very evident with those programs that won and played a consistent style of football from the start to the finish. And I just... That was a little <laughs> You guys should have seen Dad on Saturday. We're hoping that people are listening to this podcast on their way to work in the morning as opposed to on their way home for the night because you are getting motivation here and you are not going to be able to sleep. You are going to be ready for some greatness after that talk.
about the game stuff. of the week. We got to move on to the LSU Alabama game coming up. Okay, here it is. Right? Okay. No, I tell you what, John. I refuse to go first. You go ahead. You're not. We're not making picks. We're just talking about yes. the view of the game. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm going to view this game as one hell of a game coming up, uh, especially. I mean, we're, we're playing at home. Uh, you're in Tiger Stadium. Uh, this is one of those games that defines college football, right? This is why, you know, it's the greatest sport going. Uh, you got two heavyweights uh, going at each other. You got, you know, uh, an Alabama team that they're talking about maybe one of Nick Saban's best ever, which is a huge statement. Uh, you're talking about an LSU team that's come together. Uh, we knew they were at a great defense, but their offense with Joe Burrow and Nick Brissett and uh, Jordan Jefferson, you got the, a three-headed monster there offensively that's uh, capable of doing some great things against a, a, a perennial uh, top 10, top five, top three defense in Alabama. So, you know, I expect this to be everything uh, that a heavyweight fight you, you expect out of a championship heavyweight fight. And, uh, you know, I, I just think, you know, and I don't know, uh, and, and you'll talk about, you know, playing in Tiger Stadium and the effect it has and, you know, the Alabama uh, LSU matchup over the years and you participated in that in that battle. But uh, I, I just think that it's going to be interesting. Uh, you know, LSU, you know, they, they have a, a, an elite defense, and their offense is coming together. Can they match up with arguably the best team in college football right now? And I don't even know if you have to argue. Alabama right now is, is hitting on all cylinders, and this is going to be a, a, great, a great evening out there in, in Baton Rouge. The, uh, the key piece is that this thing's going to take place in Baton Rouge, and it's going to be the party in that stadium is going to start early and go late, and it's going to be um, an unmatched decibel. I mean, I there's of all the big games that have been played, this one will be as big as any other, and um, that will put a a um, a, a real. Um, strong crowd in those seats and Alabama will have a very difficult time getting cadence, getting the signals. The pressure is going to be a, a ominous, uh, loud jet airplane in your helmet that will not stop for the length and time of the game. And so don't minimize where that, where that turf is, is where they're playing that game. Cause that is going to be, that's ten points for for the uh, for the good guys. That's ten points for LSU. You mentioned the challenge of communication and getting the cadence right when you're in that stadium. We also haven't mentioned yet that Tua has not played in a fourth quarter. How important is Alabama having a lead going into the fourth quarter, knowing that their quarterback has not taken fourth quarter snaps and will be dealing with the pressure of this game likely coming down to the wire and being in that stadium? on the road in the SEC. The uh, the Alabama team really has played one team. I mean, they've played uh, Texas A&M and beat them relatively handily, um, but they have not been in a consistently big-time game. Now, if, if you look at uh, LSU, they played Georgia. Georgia is a 
great name. They were not a great team when we watched them play. They've really improved through the week. I mean, this weekend, watching the Georgia-Florida game, they really improved. Florida is a good athletic crew, and they can make some big plays. And and Georgia really just— Georgia just, is as good as Jake Fromm's day. That's true, too. I mean, you, may, yeah. you make a great point. Jake Fromm was terrible against LSU— and I and I and I pick man coverage is the reason because Jake Fromm is ready to see cover three, cover four. He's ready to see safeties high, safeties down. They and he knows exactly what that means. But what he's not comfortable with is because his receivers cannot get separation from man coverage, especially the LSU secondary. So take that into this Alabama. Alabama has not played into the fourth quarter. You made the point. But the reality of it is, is they're not, they haven't seen the secondary that LSU's going to play. They're going to play in your face, bump and run, chase you all over the field, and you are not getting away. And you see, the thing that Alabama has been used to and Tua has been used to, throwing the ball to guys that are wide open. These cats are fast. I mean, so are LSU secondary. Those cats are fast. You look at all of the, the, the yardage that Tua has thrown for, let me tell you something. They're going to get half that from our secondary. Our secondary can play defense. So does this make or break Tua's Heisman candidacy? You know what? Could be a make or break game for him. Well, the Heisman candidacy, to me, I, I, I built differently. Certainly today I got up on the team side of the bed. Um <laughs> I could care if, if he was a uh, Heisman Trophy winner, but here's what's going to happen to him. You're right. It'll be certainly – this will always – the biggest game will always mark a Heisman candidate. So if he plays, you know, lights out, gets loose on with his feet, gets loose with, his, with the ball, I mean, he's going to be called on to extend plays more because that secondary can cover. I mean – they're going to cover some of those best receivers in the country. And you know what? Tua's going to go, hey, whoa, 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 whoa. These people here are coming up the field. He had best get his shorts uh, um, kind of released a little bit so that he can <laughs> give some, make some moves that we haven't seen yet because it's going, to, it's going to happen. He's going to have to come out of the pocket and run. And then those big linebackers who can also run, I know, because – I was involved in their recruitment. I, I kind of know who these guys are. They're going to hit you. And when they hit you, they're going to go, oh, no. And then oh, Tua's going to have to say, hey, that's the day. And if he's man enough to make those plays, I'm, hats will be off to him. Okay. I've heard enough of the LSU football <laughs> marketing department. Okay. You guys seem to have a short memory on Tua. I mean, he did play in a fourth quarter last January that was kind of uh, – Oh, Impressive. yeah. No. But not this year. This year he hasn't. Yeah, but they, he won a national okay. championship. Technically in January, but not this season. He won a national championship. Yeah. I mean, usually, I if you're, usually if you're playing in Obviously, January, I'm not it's, it's kind that. of a big game. Yeah. So, and Clemson has some defensive backs who can run. Okay. And and so. Not as the whole, I promise you, yeah, you will no. not find a secondary. I know what I'm saying. You will not find a secondary with five or six players that can walk onto the field who are top-ranked coming out of high school, who are guys who are expected to play biggest in big games, 
walking when you come when you when that when they call a formation and personnel they're going to say we're covered because that's what's going to happen they're going to get covered and they're going to have to they're going to have to run it out of the backfield with the quarterback they're going to have to make the run work and then you know allow us to change and play some some uh, some zone and come down to cover some of those runs and then some guys get open Next Alabama yeah. LSU question. Well, go from- ahead, go look, John. I heard you. I heard you breathing. <laughs> I agree, Les. I agree. But you know, Alabama gives scholarships to skill guys too. They got they got some skill receivers. Was that Judy? He's got only ten touchdowns and you know some seven hundred some yards. I mean, they they're used to they're used to playing against athletes like LSU. And I'm not no, saying they, no, their no, biggest no. win against is against A and M so far this year. And but the, what he's yeah, saying, but they, yeah, but they, play, they, but practice they practice against, too. yeah, they, they practice, practice exactly right. Tuesday and Wednesday. Okay, okay, so we have John on the pro Alabama argument, we have dad on the pro LSU argument. That's fair, we understand both sides of that. I would like to hear each of you guys' most important matchup between position groups who needs to have a big day? Dad's obviously going to say for LSU, and who needs to have a big day for Alabama from John for their team to be successful. Which position group matters the most in this game? This is a real tough, tough uh, thing. I have to say defensive line. LSU D-line has to get pressure on Tua. He cannot play comfortably the way he has in so many of their blowout games. Um, And let me just kind of jump in. They're going to um, take a spy with one of those linebackers and put him on Tua. Tua's not coming out of that backfield without being punched. He'll get punched right, right underneath the chin here. Okay, so that I mean, you're talking about. So, are you agreeing with my most important position group? No, no, no. I'm saying this. linebackers. I'm, I'm not. I'm saying secondary. Secondary. Okay. That's I like it. listen, because John's right. They have some cats that line up more on the offensive side, who can run out there and get open. Okay, but they're getting open against guys that do not play in your face, off hand jam. And kick your tail all the way down the field in practice like LSU plays. And because I, I know who they have in their secondary, they're not the same. That secondary is not as good as LSU's secondary. And that's the, and to me, their, their run is certainly significant. But if you, if you can place a man, you add another man to the run, and you can shut them down on the outside, oh, my goodness, John. Now you, you're going to have to mix coverage. Don't get me wrong, but if yeah. you if those corners can step out there on those great wide receivers and say no, not today, oh my gosh, it's you got an extra man to the run. Keep calling those runs. We'll kick your tail, and then but they have got to, they you know they have to come across the field. They have to gain leverage somehow for big plays because the thing that's going to beat LSU. The only thing that's going to beat LSU is big plays in my opinion, in the passing game. We kind of agree, both on the LSU defensive side of the ball. I think that we know a little bit what we're going to get from the LSU offense, but we need to let John say his favorite matchup that needs to happen. I think it's Joe Burrow. I think it's Joe Burrow going against that Alabama defense in that secondary. Mm -hmm. I think if Joe Burrow has a big game, LSU is going to win. Because uh, he's not—he has not played in a game like this, right? He has not played in a national championship 
league championship type game. And and to me, if he steps up and he doesn't turn the ball over, and he's done a great job this year not turning the ball over, if he does that in this game against that defense that, that Alabama's going to throw at him, uh, I think LSU's got a great chance of winning. I think he's a key. I, I, you know I like what? that. Yeah, I do too. To me, though, I think we're going to see anywhere between 17 and 28 points put up by the LSU offense. I just think that they're going to be able to score against the Alabama defense, but I don't think they're going to put up 30. So, to me, the biggest key is the LSU defense slowing down Tua. And the possession game, I don't think LSU can get down more than two possessions. Even with Devin White being out in the first half, I think they have to be in it at that point because Tua is still going to be able to score. No matter how effective, they're going to score points. So, LSU has to slow them down by possession. The first team to 28 wins. I agree. I agree first completely. Team to 28. You hit 28. Yep. You, you are either on the way to 35 or you are there first. And when you get there first, that's going to be a difficult you know, piece for that other club. Time of possession will yeah. be a big factor once someone has reached 28. And, and guys like, uh, like uh, uh, Brissette, he will be playing at home in front of friends and family, Yahoo! screaming oh, like hell. Goosebumps. And I promise you, he will run through some arm tackles. Okay? If they are playing the style of defense that Alabama has played, you know, that'll make those arm tackles much more difficult to run through. So, but it, uh, I think it's going to be, a, I think it's, it's worth watching start to finish from warm up to the, the singing the fight song at the end of the game for the winning team. Let's talk about the Texas A&M at Mississippi State game. Obviously a tough one to watch in the Miles house. <sighs> Not much offensive productivity from either of the teams, especially in the first half. A lot of slop. More slop than you would hope to see from A&M after an off week, but it is what it is. What did you guys think? I thought the uniforms were beautiful on both sides of the you ball. You couldn't tell which team was which, John. You're they exactly were the exact right, same color. John. It was painful. You're exactly <laughs> right. Who's A? Which I, guy? I, I thought it took, was a spring to, game. It I took me three. Exactly game. right. It looked like a spring <laughs> game. It took, it took me to halftime to instinctively realize, hey, listen, the visitors are in the white tr- white shirts. The visitors are in the white Even shirts. Even their helmets look similar. Ah, yeah, same colors, same everything. <laughs> if if the Mississippi State team would have got into the same swing that the A and M uh, bleachers did, everybody would have thought that was the the A and M team. So, I, let's I talk can't about. Disagree. You know, I think that was the take that we needed. We can all just agree on that. No, I'm not ready to be done with that. I'm not because I want you to know something. Oh, Lord. Just like you said that Northwestern's improving, just like we said that these teams that like uh, Virginia that have identified a team philosophy are improved. Um, I think that that's exactly what's happened to Mississippi State. I think Mississippi State. I think they told that quarterback. They said, "Okay, listen." You ran it against Florida. Excuse me. You ran it against LSU. You've um, you tried to throw it uh, early in the in the year and then didn't. And what we've got to have from you, Fitz, is you must give us balance. And boy, he did a great job against a pretty talented um, Texas A&M team. I mean. I, I my hats off to the the Mississippi State team. They came into um, a game on their schedule where they were playing at home against a really quality club, and they said, "No, 
We're, we're going we're gonna, to, I'm going to make the throws. You're going to make the catches. I'm going to make the runs. We're going to have a back that can get out of the backfield. We're going to play defense. Uh, hats off to Mississippi State. Cocktail party. Mm. Florida, Georgia, in Jacksonville. John? Well, you know, my dogs came to play. I tried to tell roof, you that last roof, week. Roof, roof. Uh, yeah, you know, uh, they uh, they stepped up and, and uh, took care of business at the uh, at the great tailgate party there. Again, I guess you know their, their quarterback. He's been a, a, a topic of conversation, but I think you know those guys uh, they handled them, and it was you know I, I just felt real comfortable that they were going to get that win, and they did. You know, they proved why they're playing for the. Uh, SEC East title against Kentucky this week. You know, they everyone's tried to knock them, but they've, they've stepped up and they, they've, they've done what they've had to do, and they're putting themselves in a great position to, to represent the East. Just like Fromm looked against Florida, the opportunity to make throws against a secondary that's suspect and plays a lot of zone because they're suspect at the corners, Fromm was very comfortable making the throws, and that's what certainly he saw. He won't see a secondary like LSU probably the rest of the, So he's going to look like a lot better qu- quarterback than not. That Georgia defense, that Georgia defense cannot play with their corners like LSU can. I think they are given fits by Kentucky, and I think that uh, I think that that Georgia team is probably going to win. I don't know where they're going to play, but I suspect that they're going to win. But they are not going any further than what could be the conference championship. That's it, because whoever comes out of the West beats them. Because Fromm is not used to seeing man coverage walk up in your face and take it away. We kind of knew that that game was going to be decided by quarterback play because we knew that Fromm and Felipe have been inconsistent but both have a lot of potential. So that one was a story that we kind of knew was going to be told. Iowa was at Penn State. Iowa gets beat by six. Penn State puts up 30 on Iowa's defense. Pretty good game, though. It was a good game. Uh, You know, and I think it was a matter of, of being there in Happy Valley, those guys never quitting. Uh, there was, you know, there were some turnovers there that decided it late, but uh, Penn State never stopped believing, and they and they knew that their season was on the line. Had they lost to Iowa, uh, that was going to, you know, probably knock them out. And and they they rose to the occasion, and and uh, uh, I got to give the quarterback stepped in there. McSorley got hurt, uh, and their backup guy came in and did a nice job, uh, and then uh, McSorley came back. And, and led them in that second half to, to victory at the end. But um, Penn State, I think, showed their mettle, showed their grit, and uh, they have they had a tough road, right? They played uh, at Michigan State, they played uh, Iowa, then they got us next week at home. So uh, it's been a, a rough stretch for Penn State, but they could have folded their tent and they didn't. So that uh, kudos off to, to Coach Franklin and, and those guys hanging in there against a tough Iowa team. So. Uh, uh, I suspect uh, I suspect they'll be ready this week, and uh, you know, use that as a springboard to come into Ann Arbor with a lot of confidence. Trace McSorley again, I think he's a heck of a quarterback, and I think he gives them a chance. I think Shea Patterson 
for Michigan certainly does does a number. I was surprised uh, the uh, Iowa team took good took a big lead and then and then let Penn State run catch up on them. Didn't they have a nice fake? It was a TD off a trick play. It wasn't a field goal. It was a fake punt thrown by the punter Colton Ratstetter to offensive tackle Sam Brinks. Pretty cool for an offensive tackle to catch a pass. How that happens is down in there tight, everybody's playing everybody man-to-man. You're not letting anybody get away. You got it? A tackle, nobody's going to cover a tackle. So they basically lined up in an unbalanced formation. Basically, he snapped it to the quarterback, and the quarterback looked away so that no one would see that big chubby tackle run up the field after he probably passed set. Somebody, a big fat tackle says the I love big fat lineman. tackles. Are you kidding me? I love those guys. Are you, that's that's who that's I grew I grew up with those guys. My father was one of those guys. Hey, I'm telling you right now, hats off for the for the trick play. I mean, gives them seven as opposed to three makes a difference. They get down in that tight zone, and, and everybody plays man to man. And so when you're trying to man up, John, and they put that extra guy over there in the other boundary, and they kind of leave that chubby tackle alone. Everybody else says, we don't have to cover him, and he comes You free. heard it first here. You heard it first here from the Mad Hatter, the master <laughs> of the trick play. <laughs> uh, Number 14, Washington State beat Stanford. Number 24, that was not an upset, obviously, but it was a close game. Three-point game, Washington State wins. Kentucky was at Missouri in a close game. That was awesome to see right there at the end. And the best part was definitely the post-game celebration in that locker room. So fun to see. But the biggest upset of the weekend, one of the most upsetting to me at least, was Texas at Oklahoma State. Three-point game. Texas had a bad first half to start it out. But what was the most important thing that went wrong for Texas? What went wrong for Texas is that Mike Gundy knew that they have come back on us 10 points down, 21 points down, and treated Oklahoma State like they just weren't in the stadium. We were going to go running. I can remember being ahead um, at halftime by 18 to 20, 21 points at Texas, and I couldn't get them stopped. Okay? And Mike knew to hell with running the football. We're going to have to score. And so he, he put the ball. He, you know, he tells that quarterback, okay, this time we're going to block the read, and you, if, if the inside man – Pinches, you're taking it around the edge. And when he did, gave him the big score that they needed to keep Texas at bay. If they had not scored seven there, that would have not kept Texas at bay. And it was a it was a great uh, feel of the game. And then you, who say you are unhappy that Texas lost, saw your childhood buddy Gavin Gundy right behind his dad just having a big smile and enjoying life. Because as we all know, and John, obviously you do as well, when you have victory in the back end of a week, it makes you, it gives you a deep breath. It allows you to smile. allows you to say, I love you. allows you to hug. They needed to win those games. It's coming back and beating Texas. Ah, boy, it puts you right back in the talk. Oh, yeah. You're only as good as what you've done for people lately. <laughs> Dad would like to give Mike Leach some love on that Washington State win. They're the only one-loss team left in the Pac-12, only lost to USC. How great of a year are they having right now? You, you know what? Again, there's another team guy 
there's a guy that he, they're going to aerate it and they're going to make sure they rely on that that ball to throw. But the r- truth of the matter is, is they're playing defense where they never played defense before. And and Mike, he's he's playing. He wasn't in the, in the playoffs. And with one loss, if he can get to the Pac-12 championship and win, he's going to say to the rest of the country, whoa, 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 whoa. I got one loss, too. I got one loss. Half of the active, the teams that were playing this weekend in the top 25, 11 of them lost, and there were only 20 that had games this weekend. So the idea that a 14th-ranked team could creep up there very quickly is not out of the picture. No question. Predictions, starting with the biggest game of the week. Game day will be in Baton Rouge, which I'm so excited about. Who wins that LSU-Alabama game? We'll start with John. Well, I'm going with Bama. I'm going to go with Bama. We, we talked about it earlier. Uh, I like the Tigers, and, I, and I, I believe everything you've said about them. I just think Alabama has got too much. And I do think Tua is going to have a have a good game, even against this unbelievable defensive backfield of LSU and this and that front four. I I just I think Alabama is going to win. It's going to be a tight game. Uh, they, I think there'll be some points scored, but uh, I'm going with the Crimson Tides. You're going with you're going with Alabama, huh? I am, Les. I am. Okay. I've seen it too many times, and. Uh, I just John, what are you know. saying there? You've seen it too many times. John, I would like to say that John, I am personally offended right now. I want you to know no, that no, hurt no, me. No, that no, hurt no, me no. too. Wait, you stuck a knife in my stomach and it's bleeding. I'm hey, bleeding. In fact, I may hey, bleed out. I this is you. the end of the podcast. I love, yeah. I love you, and I, and, and, and I love the Tigers, but I, I got to go with Alabama. I, I, I think that I have not seen – they, all they can do is play their schedule, and they've done everything they're supposed to do. Uh, they're gristled, and I don't know. I, 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 I hey, hey, listen, know. you are you you do not need to apologize for picking the most talented team by and large. You know, at every position, they are the the team that has the number rank number one ranked uh, recruiting class. I want to say. Eight straight years. It's no less than seven straight years. So, John, you're picking the right one, okay? I mean, let's, let's talk the way it is. But here's what I'm suggesting. Here's what I'm suggesting. It's kind of the start of the, the uh, podcast. I'm suggesting that that's secondary in, in line with a defensive front, uh, with, with Devin White back in the second half, that's going to show that, one, Devin White can man up Tua. If they're going to run Tua, they better they better run him before Devin White gets on the field at halftime. When they bring Devin White back onto the field, there's going to be a, it's going to be a different defense. And I don't think that that Tua is going to be comfortable throwing balls to a group of men that are as closely covered as they will be versus that secondary at LSU. I am picking LSU. I'm picking LSU. 
Hey, look it. You picking out shoe? I know you are. Okay, you guys live in Baton Rouge. Of course you're picking. <laughs> yeah, out. if you don't think that this inspired LSU team can do it, there's a place for you, and it's east of the state line. Yeah, you might as well right? go hey, look home. It. Look at Joe Burrow. It's Joe Burrow, man. I'm telling you. Yeah. If he steps up and has the game against Alabama, you guys are gonna win. Your secondary, yes, your secondary is better than uh, Alabama's. Okay, no question. But my man Tua, they dropped, he's dropped over 2,000-some yards already. I mean, it's crazy what they're doing, all, the, the, what they have. And, and Najee Harris, I mean, they, again, I'm not going to go down the list of their athletes. They got him, but so does LSU. But I think it's going to come down if Joe Burrow has a good game, okay, and doesn't turn the ball over, I think your chances of winning are great. But if I had to put all my money down and I had to make a pick, I, I'm, I'm, I'm going Alabama right now. That's all. Redirecting to our next passionate prediction, Penn State goes to Michigan. John, let's hear it. No, no. Let your dad pick. Let your dad pick. Let's see what he goes on this. <laughs> uh, here's what I say. I say that, that Michigan is playing better than they did when they played uh, Notre Dame in early in the season where they, they get their loss. And I, it appears to me that they played – significantly better against Northwestern in the second half. And it sounds like to me that they are, they feel comfortable with their defense. Now, if they can get their offense uh, going against the Penn State team and they're playing at the big house, right, John? That's correct. That's correct. Hey, babe, hey, babe correct. there's only, there's going to be only one helmet that I care about. And that's that winged helmet that, uh, that you and I were fortunate to wear. I'm picking Michigan. Georgia goes to Kentucky. Obviously, that's going to decide the SEC East, so it's a very important one. One of the most important games Kentucky has been a part of in recent years. Who wins the East? We've never had this conversation in, in probably 18 years. I agree. Yeah. I mean, just, just think about how long it's taken a Kentucky team to put themselves in position to win the East. It's, it's, not it's, in football. We've not, never had this conversation in football, right? That's exactly right. In basketball, absolutely, right? Because yeah. they, they can play some basketball now. I wouldn't be surprised if Kentucky won. In fact, I'd be rooting for Mark Stoops. Um, but he body surfed in the locker room yesterday. He jumped on a crowd of, of players. His players, yeah. Well, I want you to know something. I tried that, and he let me <laughs> he let me hit the ground, and my nose was broke because of it. So I, th- I don't body surf anymore. I, I basically, I'm, I'm afraid that I'm going to be shoved into the uh, the locker room floor. You know what I mean? Over the top. So they but, can hold, they can hold the old offensive guard up, Les. Yeah. Heck, oh yeah. Heck, we got guys. We lift weights just for that event. So. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to pick Georgia because I'm, I'm going to believe that that team has played in big games like that before. I want you to know, though, I went with the number one ranked team and the um, eventual national champions, and I went to Kentucky, and they got me. And they got me late. It, really, they got me in a number of, number of ways, but the final score certainly was Kentucky with two overtimes. I want to watch that game. That game right there could obviously will decide, but that game right there could be one of the all-time, all-time games. Uh, I got to say, I've been on Georgia's bandwagon. You know, I'm going to stay with them uh, for a lot of the same reasons. Uh, I think Stoops has done a great job at Kentucky. Uh, I just think, um, you know, they have a tough time throwing the ball. Uh, I just think Georgia's got better athletes uh, across the board. And as you said, they've been there. 
And um, to me, this they're not going to stumble knowing what's on the line, even though it's at Kentucky. And, and maybe this is the greatest home game and the biggest home game they've ever had for Kentucky football. So it will be a great game to watch. I think a close, hard-fought battle, but uh, I, I think George is going to pull it out. We can make this last prediction in less than a minute and a half. I'm taking Dad to Chipotle. Notre Dame at Northwestern. Ready, go. I'm going Notre Dame. I mean, no, no. I take that back. I'm going Northwestern. Oh, John, I can't I'm believe you could do that. I am. Okay. I'm going Northwestern. And I'm, and I'm, I'm picking athletes. And, and John's. I want you to know, John, you're Catholic. I just want you to know that this thing is going to be reviewed when you go up to the big guy and he says, okay, listen, we saw you make that pick and you picked Northwestern and not Notre Dame. I'm telling you, you're going to have trouble. Now, they're going to, I, the, the Methodists and Baptists in the line that goes through on the right side will be just, you know, I'll be in that line, okay? <laughs> but hey, the Catholics, wait a minute now. The Catholics, they are, have a higher standard and you should have picked Notre Dame, John, and I'm writing it down. And I'm going to tell you right now, I hope to see you upstairs and we can get a chance to visit about this pick yet again. You are not getting any Chipotle. I said a minute and a half and you started talking about religion. Thank you all. Hey, that'll be the last reason the Catholics won't let me in. <laughs> it's great fun. Because I get to speak to these people that show up in the studio and that, that sit in a uh, in in front of a microphone, in front of a uh, cell phone, uh, at length. Take care. We love you. God bless. And go blue. And go Tigers. Three, two, one. All right. Have a great day. The Players Tribune. Dot com.